0: Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. Ah. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this special Memorial Day episode of the Charlie Kirk Show. We hope you enjoy your family and friends and you have a productive weekend. So we always want to deliver to you on Mondays, Ask Me anything on the Charlie Kirk Show where I answer your questions that you have emailed me at freedom at com, freedom at com, And so we taped this right before the weekend, and then the Joe Biden news hit. That's right, the big Joe Biden bombshell news. And so I was away from my nor- normal studio. I took some audio equipment, and I just had to respond to the Joe Biden questions that were flooding in to hear at the Freedom at Charlie Kirk show email. It was pretty incredible. And so we have some exclusive, unique take more so than any other podcast out there because I'm literally recording this right now on Memorial Day. That's right. I'm recording this on Memorial Day. So you have cutting edge analysis. Buckle up. You are going to love this. I think this is an awesome episode. We talk about the NFL. We talk about the broken state of Illinois. And then we have the exclusive take on Joe Biden. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie
1: Kirk is on the college campus. I
0: want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country, he's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Joe Biden. What is with this guy? He doesn't know what state he's in. He can't differentiate between his wife and his sister. Seems as if the only thing he can get straight is maybe what country his son sold us out to. Anyway, on Friday, Joe Biden joined The Breakfast Club. Now, I don't really watch The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Show is predominantly Black Voices show. It's a show that is a very urban-focused show, and a lot of candidates have gone on this show And they've had some of their most regrettable moments. I call this the breakfast club trap. Uh, Kamala Harris and Hillary Clinton uh, come to mind. Hillary Clinton went on the breakfast club show and was asked what she puts in her purse. And she said, I put hot sauce in my purse. And they asked her, Charlemagne the God, who is one of the hosts of the breakfast club program, asked her, uh, well, what are you, just trying to pander to black people by saying you have hot sauce in your purse? And she said, well, is it working? I mean, just one of the most, the hardest, cringe worthy moments that I have seen in politics. And of course, Senator Harris went on the Breakfast Club where she couldn't remember when she was listening to Tupac. She couldn't remember whether or not she smoked weed. It was awful. And it was so out of touch of anything relatable. And so now Joe Biden joined Charlemagne the God on the Breakfast Club. This last Friday, right before Memorial Day weekend, it got buried into the news cycle. And it made a pretty big Friday news bump. But generally, the media has totally buried this. The press is ignoring it. And if I were to venture a guess, what Joe Biden said on this program will not be made a major issue of the media unless we make them cover it. So I'm going to play tape here of what Joe Biden said. But I want you to hear it. He said, if... You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Play tape.
2: Listen, you got to come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. I will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. Now, look,
0: there's a couple takeaways from this. First of all, Joe Biden has always been a racist. He called Black people, super predators in the mid-1990s. He was the author of the Clinton crime bill. He famously said you cannot go into a 7 without a slight Indian accent. But this is beyond anything that Joe Biden has said in his career. Now, I have to also remember, last summer versus Senator Harris, Joe Biden was under accusations that he did not support busing. For the black community. Remember, Senator Harris said that little girl was me. That was the beginning of the end of her presidential campaign because that was the top moment of her presidential campaign. And so Joe Biden's been under these accusations for quite some time. But now when he goes out of his way where he basically says black Trump supporters are not black. This is so unbelievably blatant racist. So let me get this straight. White liberals, they think they own black voters. I have a working theory as to why that is. It's because white, rich, out-of-touch liberals like Joe Biden used to own black people. That's right. The Democrat Party has always been the party of slavery. The Democrat Party has always been the party of owning black people. You dare think differently. You dare get out of the status quo. The Democrat Party is not okay with that. They think you are no longer black if you don't support them. The Democrat Party was originally about keeping black people on plantations. Then it was about keeping black people segregated. Now it's about keeping black people voting the way they tell you to. The Republican Party has always been about the party of the individual. Could you imagine if a Republican said, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're voting for me or for a Republican, Then or for a Democrat I should say, then you ain't black. They'd never be able to get away with that. No one should ever be able to get away with saying such a thing as this. Remember, Joe Biden also said, quote, poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids, end quote. This is the Joe Biden who's supposed to bring racial healing to our country. Do you remember Joe Biden started his entire presidential campaign calling Donald Trump a racist for how he responded to the Charlottesville controversy? This was a cornerstone issue. I have to restore the soul of the country, Joe Biden used to say. Now, I I don't even think Joe Biden remembers what his slogan is. Joe Biden 2020. If you remember to vote for him, good, because he might not. But Joe Biden's entire political campaign was literally about accusing Donald Trump of his inappropriate response to Charlottesville, which was not inappropriate, by the way. One of the most misleading press stories of the Trump presidency. And make no mistake, black America after 44 years of Biden, record high unemployment, record high imprisonment, and record high food stamp enrollment. Not to mention black America after just three years of Trump, record low unemployment, record high wage growth, record high small business growth. Pretty important to remember that going into November. Now, again, I've been flooded with emails over the weekend. And I love when I get your emails at freedom at freedom at It helps me get an idea of what's on your mind. It brings a lot of clarity to the show. You guys are the base of everything that we do at the Charlie Kirk show, truly. And when I get hundreds of emails over a weekend at freedom at charliekirk.com, even if it's a Memorial Day weekend, I say, you know what? We need to do a special intro to the Ask Me Anything and cover this Biden racist story because it's on the minds of our listeners. And so one question in particular I want to highlight was one that really moved me. It says, hi, Charlie, I'm 39 years old. I'm black and I'm a lifelong Democrat. It's how I was raised and I've never known anything else. But I saw your tweet with Joe Biden's comments about you ain't black if you don't vote for him. And I've never been more turned off in my life for a political party. I'm not walking away yet, but is there a place for me in the Trump Party? Janine from Michigan. The first answer is absolutely yes. There's always been a place for black people in the Republican Party. Come home. For black listeners listening to this program, the Republican Party has always been the party of black liberation. The Republican Party was founded as an anti slavery party. The Republican Party led the war to abolish slavery. Abraham Lincoln was the first elected Republican president. It's about American liberation around the individual. Come home. You want a party that's going to condescendingly talk to you as if you are no longer who you are if you do not support them politically? This is all the worst of identity politics. Instead of identity politics, we need individuals. We need individuals that think freely. We need free thinkers, and this is something that Kanye West has been fighting for, for the last couple years. And what was most telling out of that clip was the lack of the reaction from Charlemagne the God. Now, mind you, Charlemagne the God, he's called out Biden in the past. I mean, listen to this clip of him on CNN's Brooke Baldwin, whoever watches that program. And when you had this context of Charlemagne the God, I think it's pretty incredible that Charlemagne did not stop him. Play clip. The frontrunner, Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. And he is the frontrunner, perhaps in part because of
1: uh, his support of African-Americans in this country. I know you talked to, you know, depending on maybe it's generational, maybe it's support more older folks. Work.
2: Why? Because he was the vice president to the first black president. So I think it's more broism than anything. When I look at Joe Biden and I look at the 94 crime bill and I look at the, the 88, crack laws that. like that's not being in support of african americans at but all
1: but he has support among black americans I mean, and 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 mm-hmm. i'm curious with you guys because you're like the go-to spot for a lot of these candidates and we know joe biden's been in new york what, when is he on your show
2: joe biden has offered to send his surrogate so that tells me a lot about what joe biden thinks about our audience you know i think joe biden might be suffering from that same white entitlement and privilege and <laughs> ego well, he's just that that old school white male who feels like, hey man, they need me. I don't need them. Or I got them already. So yeah, my surrogate, my black male surrogate. You go, you go talk to them. That's not that's not respect. Would you like to, to have him
1: on if he offered? Yeah, absolutely. What's your
2: number one question for him? Um. I got questions about the old things. I got questions about, you know, the 94 uh, 94 crime bill. I got questions about, you know, the ADA crack laws. I got questions about, you know, you know, giving the eulogy at Scrom Thurman's funeral and saying Scrom Thurman was a great man. I just want to know why you thought that these segregationists were great. By the way, look, we all evolve. We all grow. We all can learn from our mistakes. I just haven't heard him say that those things were mistakes yet. Why? Because that's that white. Male entitlement, privilege, and ego—that has been a detriment to us in this country, all of us, for a long time. Not yeah. just black and brown people, yeah. women too. Yeah, you know, yeah. They, 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 those are the people that have historically kept their foot on our necks. And when I look at him, that's what I see. You know, I see that white male entitlement, ego, and privilege. And you know, I, I would like to, uh, to to crack that shell, so to speak.
0: So Charlemagne the God's silence is deafening and unacceptable. But remember, Democrats have never not once ever been the party of black people. Republicans freed the slaves, passed civil rights, and constantly fight to get government out of the way of all Americans. Democrats only fight to keep the black community dependent on them in exchange for votes. And it's never been more clear. Who was Joe Biden fighting side by side with in the 1970s to keep our schools segregated? As I mentioned school segregation because Joe Biden has been a defender of American racism his entire political career, this is who he is. Joe Biden would have been a terrific advocate for segregation because he was. He was standing side by side with Robert Byrd, West Virginia senator and KKK leader. Biden also gave the eulogy at Byrd's funeral. They worked together to pass an amendment to block the integration in public schools. Now remember, the Republican Party, I want you to listen to this carefully and send this to your Democrat friends and say, listen to these facts. Do you hate racism? Then you should love Republicans. Remember that. If you hate racism, you are a Republican. The Republican Party freed the slaves, ended segregation, passed the Civil Rights Act, deployed the 101st Airborne to end school segregation. The Democrats fought for slavery, founded the KKK, filibustered the Civil Rights Act? Know your history and free your mind. Now, mind you, the NAACP president and CEO, Derek Johnson, said, quote, you cannot take the African-American vote for granted. Derek Johnson continued, in order for his campaign to win, he must garner more support from the African-American community, and those comments take away from that. If his campaign is not taking that serious at this juncture, there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered. So here's the brutal, honest truth. If Biden loses this important group of voters, he cannot win the presidency. His campaign is now panicking. Simone Sanders said the comments made at the end of the Breakfast Club interview were in jest. But let's be clear about what the vice president was saying. He was making the distinction that he would put his record with the African-American community up against Trump's any day, period. Fact. Trump has never advocated for segregation. Fact. Joe Biden has. Fact. Donald Trump has delivered results for the black community. fact, Joe Biden hasn't. Just because Joe Biden served with a black president does not mean all of a sudden he's suddenly not a racist. Just because Joe Biden was Barack Obama's vice president does not put pixie dust on his southern segregationalist racist record. Do you know who's been awfully silent? There's been one person that's been awfully silent. Just think about it for a second. Email me, freedom at charliekirk.com. But before I get to it, Joe Biden said this. He said, I should not have been so cavalier. So you shouldn't have been so obvious about how you think you should control black people. What kind of apology is this? This is the most pathetic apology I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it'd be one thing if you just said, I just don't even know what I said, maybe that would have played into the whole idea that he was me- having mental cognitive impairment and decline. So maybe the campaign said, well, you can't really say you misspoke. Just say you shouldn't have been as forceful. So let me get this straight. You're not sorry. You're not, you're not sorry that you said it. You're sorry you got caught. You're not sorry that you... Actually, hold something that's against the zeitgeist, which means the spirit of the times, which is we're generally not a racist country. In fact, we're the least racist country in the history of the world. Joe Biden's just upset he got caught. I should not have been so cavalier. So you're not sorry for what you said, you're just sorry that you said it too forcefully. Joe Biden's apology is one of the most transparently abhorrent apologies, and the media, the activist media, covers for them. Should not have been so cavalier. So let me get this straight. You do think that black people that vote for Donald Trump should have their blackness in question. You think that Senator Tim Scott from the great state of South Carolina is not actually black? You think that Harris Faulkner, who's a free thinker, I don't even know if she's a Trump supporter, she's a free thinker, is not black. In fact, let's play the sound from Harris Faulkner, it's terrific. The president of the United States, President Trump retweeted this play tape.
1: Harris, what do you think? I've been fighting against this notion that you're not black enough unless you think a certain way, you vote a certain way, you speak a certain way, you do certain things my whole life, I grew up military, pretty much neutral along the zone of, can we all just get along no matter what we look like? I have biracial daughters, Melissa, you know them. This is more than just a little offensive. It is short-sighted. It is a blind spot for this former vice president. He should have gotten up immediately on whatever venue microphone he had. I would have said it for him immediately right there in the one that he already was in on the Breakfast Club and say, you know what, let me let me restate that. But, you know, I think this says it better. It is black voices for Trump and their statement. I'm just going to read the first couple of sentences. White liberal elitists have continuously dictated which black Americans are allowed to come to the table and have a voice. It is clear now more than ever following these racist and dehumanizing remarks that Joe Biden believes black men and women are incapable of being independent or free thinking. He truly believes that a 77 year old white man should dictate how black people should behave. Biden has a history of racial condescension, and today he once again proved that a growing number of black Americans, and I have always known Joe Biden, does not deserve our votes. That's Katrina Pearson, Trump 2020 senior advisor. You don't have to be any particular race to know when someone puts you down
0: because you're different. Should not have been so cavalier. But do you know who has not commented on this? This was the number one story over the weekend, by the way. The amount of emails have been unbelievable. And Janine in Michigan is the one that we decided to highlight. Do you know who hasn't commented on this? Barack Obama. Why has Obama been so silent? Does Barack, does Obama know something we don't know about Joe? Is this a pattern? Or does this surprise Barack Obama? You would think that the person that served the vice as the vice president to the president, the actual president that was endorsing him, who was the first black president in American history, minor detail, when your former vice president questions the blackness of millions of Americans and questions their entire identity if they don't vote the way you want them to vote, you'd think that Barack Obama would say something about that. I mean, Barack Obama does have time to do Zoom calls to try to do commencement addresses and poke jabs at President Trump. But somehow Barack Obama doesn't have the time to send out a tweet that says what Joe Biden said was unacceptable. Does Barack Obama believe that your blackness or your identity is tied in with your political ideology. Maybe Barack Obama agrees with Joe Biden. His silence has been awfully telling. Here's a couple more facts for you. The 13th Amendment, which abolished slavery. Republican support was 100%. Democrat support was 23%. The 15th Amendment, which was the right to vote for all. Republican support, 100%. Democrat support, 0%. So let's think of the 14th Amendment, which gave citizenship to freed slaves. Democrats support 0%, Republicans support 94%. Republican Party has always been the party of freedom, liberty, and liberation. And some people say the party switch. If that was true, why is it as the South became increasingly less racist, it became more Republican? Why is it as the country moved away from its racist roots, it embraced Republican ideology? It would be the exact opposite if the parties actually switched. Let's go back to the 15th Amendment, the right to vote for all. Zero Democrats. Believed that black people had the right to vote. Maybe it's because they were afraid they weren't going to vote for them. Did they not consider them to be human? Yeah, Democrats did not consider them to be human back then. But now, the presumptive nominee of the Democrat Party did not apologize for what he said. He did not say he was wrong. He did not say that it was inaccurate. He just said, I shouldn't have said it so forcefully. Quote, should not have been so cavalier. Joe Biden is a bitter racist, and I'm not. I'm not one to throw that accusation around because I know the weight of that word. But I know this. I know Joe Biden in 1977 said, quote, my children are going to grow up in a jungle, the jungle being a racial jungle with tensions, having built so high that it's going to explode at some point, end quote. If anyone who knows who Joe Biden actually is, they should not be surprised by the you ain't black comments. That when you tie all these things together, This is not the least of the Joe Biden controversies. He's still under serious accusations from Tara Reid. His son has been subpoenaed by a Senate congressional committee. You can go back in the archives of the Charlie Kirk Show and download our interview with Senator Rand Paul. The Michael Flynn unmasking scandal. So now Joe Biden tells 1.3 million black people that voted for Trump. 1.3 million black people that voted for Trump that they're not black. White liberals think they own black voters. Because they used to. It's in the history of the Democrat Party. Now, I'm not saying all white liberals embody this. I'm not. But the lack of outrage from the activist media, the lack of backlash, now that I can record this and publish this on Memorial Day for you in the wee hours of the morning, we are recording literally at 2 a.m. so that you can get the fresh analysis. The activist media has been silent. They will cover this up and bury it. They will now call Donald Trump the true racist. You heard it here first in the Charlie Kirk show. They will deflect and they will demonize Trump and saying, oh, that's nothing versus Charlottesville. That's nothing versus all this other stuff. Nonsense. For Joe Biden, someone who started his presidential campaign around the ideas of, oh, Charlottesville, we have to restore the soul of the country. Anyone who supports Joe Biden getting near power means that you will give power to the most racist political candidate in modern American history since Lyndon Baines Johnson, which is perfectly consistent with the history of the Democrat Party. Now, are you getting crushed by the cartel of the colleges? Are you drowning in student loan debt? I want to tell you about Credible.com. Credible.com is an online marketplace that gets you pre-qualified student loan refinancing rates from the 10 different lenders. So you might not be in student loan debt, but your friend might be or your son or your daughter, your granddaughter. It applies to everyone that you might know that is in the student loan debt cycle of misery. I, I get it. I've never been there personally, but I've seen friends get... Their entire lives ruined under student loan debt. And that's why you've got student loan debt. You could benefit from Credible.com. You could save on interest, lower your monthly payment, literally more money in your pocket. And with a shorter loan term, you can get debt-free faster consolidate all your student loan bills in a single place. Credible customers have given awesome reviews about how much better their lives have been after refinancing their student loans. On Credible, you see actual pre-qualified rates from up to 10 different lenders, whereas some other online marketplaces, you'll get ranges of rates with ballpark estimates. It only takes a couple minutes to check rates, and checking rates does not impact your credit. Let me reiterate, it does not impact your credit. They never sell your data so you won't receive spam or phone calls from dozens of lenders. If you're getting crushed by the cartel of the colleges right now, go to Credible.com slash Charlie. only takes a couple minutes to check rates. C-E-R-I-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash Charlie. That's C-R-E-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash Charlie. com slash Charlie. They get a $200 gift card, free cash, Andrew Yang style. Credible.com slash Charlie. Just fill in a couple of information, piece of info, to check what rates you're eligible for. Credible.com slash Charlie. Hey, Charlie, fellow Illinois here. What are your thoughts on the state legislature's newest power grab, which would allow the governor to literally confiscate property from business owners who defy their lockdown orders? I'm even more interested in your thoughts, considering the person who introduced it as a Republican. So first of all, it's Rick from Illinois. Thank you. I want to find out the name of the Republican. I grew up in Illinois. Uh, I'm no longer an Illinoisan. So first of all, understanding Bill Brady introduced this bill. I know Bill Brady let's just put it that way. I grew up in Illinois politics in the Republican politics. Just a little context for the Republican, quote unquote Republican, that introduced this bill in the Illinois State Senate. He ran for governor and he should have won back in 2010. He ran up against literally the worst governor in America, Pat Quinn, who was disgraced uh, lieutenant governor under Rod Blagojevich. And Bill Brady lost that very winnable statewide election. And so now he introduces this in the state Senate legislation on Wednesday that will give government the right to confiscate property from business owners who defy their lockdown orders. Senator Bill Brady's not a conservative, okay? He's a typical chamber of commerce style Republican. So this reminds me of one point of history that I'd love to share with you. It's one word, kulak. Does anyone know what a kulak is? No, it's not a pejorative, actually. It's not an insult. A kulak was a peasant who owned over eight acres of land during the Russian Empire's communist takeover. A Kulak was ordered by Joseph Stalin to be killed and that land to be redistributed because eight acres was too much. And Joseph Stalin came in and basically said, well, you have too much private property. Private property is what leads to bad things. We're communists now. This was during the first Five year campaign of Stalin's all out, let's just say, rampage to take ownership and organization from the peasantry. This is a very important point in human history because there you had productive peasants, people that owned something, and everything got taken away from them. Why? Well, because they weren't following the status quo, because they weren't totally communist and they owned too much. The confiscation of private property is nothing new, but now that you have Republicans in the state of Illinois, and by the way, I I got plenty of material in Illinois. It should be the most prosperous, should be the most productive state in the entire country. Centrally located, amazing Midwest work ethic, phenomenal research institutions when they're not indoctrinating students and teaching them to hate our country. Amazing transportation, phenomenal ingenuity, I always like to say, you wake up at 5 a.m., the highway is packed in Chicago because people are just up and they're going to work. It's that Midwest work ethic. And so you have now in Illinois a cycle of perpetual destruction, a pension system that cannot be funded. Illinois loses a resident every 11 minutes. They just gave a raise to all the teachers throughout the state of Illinois. By every metric and every measure, Illinois is bankrupt. Taxpayers are leaving the state much quicker than they're coming in. For the first time in the modern census, Illinois will lose population and the Dakotas will gain population in 2020. And I'm one of those people. I left the state of Illinois to Florida. Zero percent income tax, much better weather, a common sense governor that loves our country, unlike the tyrant J.B. Pritzker, who I will be happy to focus on and talk about how he might be one of the most disgusting individuals in government in the modern era, J.B. Pritzker. And so you have a cycle here that has put Illinois from what should be a prosperous state and every other neighboring state, Indiana, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota is not technically neighboring, but it's within a couple hours of Illinois, Michigan, they're prospering. They're balancing budgets. They're doing great as compared. What's the difference? Well, the major difference is Illinois has been lacking conservative leadership. And Mike Madigan, who has been Speaker of the House of Illinois for 44 years, Twice as, almost twice as long as I've been alive, has been running the Illinois state legislature and running the Illinois government like the Gambino crime family. It's a cartel running the state of Illinois. And I like to say we have term limits in Illinois, one term in office, one term in jail. And there's a lot of truth to that. We used to, until Rod Bogoevich got pardoned from prison. We had more former governors in prison than not in prison. We still got, I think, George Ryan still in prison. We could do a fact check on that. My Illinois history might be a little... Um, insufficient currently as per I haven't been there very much for good reason because it is this cycle of business destruction and entrepreneurial depletion. And so now you have a competition in Illinois of how they can most quickly screw up this state. There is no salvation for Illinois unless there's some form of 1933 Arkansas style bankruptcy Now, states can't technically file bankruptcy, but they can renegotiate their debts. They can go through a 1933 debt reorganization program or plan. Illinois is now entertaining an income tax hike up from a 5% flat tax to a 7.5% progressive tax for the highest income earners, including small business owners and singly filed LLCs. Illinois has teachers. I went to a public high school in the suburbs of Chicago, District 214, right next to 211, where you can get this information on OpenTheBooks.com, where I had teachers that were earning $140,000 a year to teach physical education. I had awful teachers that barely showed up to school that earn $150,000 a year are going to earn 80% of that with COLA cost of living adjustment through their pension for the rest of their life. It's beyond unsustainable. We have double dippers in Illinois where people would literally do a full career as a principal of a school, Go work for five days as the mosquito abatement director, quit, and then get the full pension benefits because if you serve five days in that position, you get a double-dip pension. If you just eliminated double-dip pensions, it would be tens of millions of dollars of savings for the state of Illinois. But what is their solution? Their solution is to try to force businesses to close, to confiscate property. It is the Kulak campaign happening through Tsar Pritzker, who's trying to channel his inner Stalin. J.B. Pritzker is a morally degenerate piece of garbage. He never worked a day in his life. For those that don't know, the Pritzker family are the heirs to the Hyatt Hotel fortune. His sister, Penny Pritzker, was the head of the Department of Commerce under Barack Obama. J.B. Pritzker, and by the way, I really hesitate to do this, but if Nancy Pelosi wants to start to call Donald Trump obese, Go visit the state of Illinois. That's all I'm going to say. Just go look up a picture of J.B. Pritzker. You guys want to play brass knuckle politics? Good luck. So now Illinois, which is not an insignificant contribution to the American economy, is asking for federal assistance. Don't bail out Illinois. It's not what's best for the taxpayers. It's not what's best for the citizens. This will only continue to give license for the public exploitation campaign that Mike Madigan and J.B. Pritzker have been running. You know what J.B. Pritzker's big way of solving this problem was? One of the first things that he did when he won the election, which he basically bought, by the way, he spent $130 million to become governor. Why anyone would want to spend $130 million being governor of Illinois? Well, actually, I think the reason he'd want to do that is because he grew up being called just a spoiled rich kid that never earned anything. So he decided to spend his money on something so he could have some form of moral significance. Then the Chinese virus came and he's ended up being the worst, probably one of the worst governors, probably even worse than Gavin Newsom and Andrew Cuomo in this entire COVID-19 shutdown, China virus, lockdown campaign. So J.B. Pritzker buys the governor's mansion against the other billionaire, Bruce Rauner, who was the Republican, and made some decisions that really angered a lot of people in Illinois, such as giving pseudo-amnesty to illegal immigrants, publicly funding abortions, going against Second Amendment rights. And that was one of the reasons why Rauner was a one-term governor. So J.B. Pritzker's big, bold idea to turn around the state of Illinois was to legalize weed. Yeah, that's really going to really turn the state around. That's really going to rebuild the moral fabric of Illinois. So now we got weed shops all across Illinois. When I visit, I, I, I feel like it's Shroomville or it's uh, Cheech and Chong's Utopia. I'm, I kid you not. I've seen more cannabis dispensaries than churches that are open in the suburbs of Chicago. And so now J.B. Pritzker says, oh, yeah, we're, my next big bold idea is we're going to raise taxes on the top income people. And so J.B. Pritzker, who's done nothing but inherit money, you know, people say, well, how, how, you know, people say, well, what's the oldest profession in the world? It's not what you might think it is. And it's not a stonemason. It's inheriting money. It takes no skill. You just exists. And I'm not against people that inherit money. It's people that you can control, and not control. What bothers me is when you treat everyone like they've inherited money. That's my problem. Don't treat society like they all grew up in Winnetka in a $22 million home and your parents own the Hyatt hotel chains. Okay? Treat us like entrepreneurs that actually have to make payroll, that don't have a renewal trust of Hyatt stock that has billions and billions of dollars in value. So when JB Pritzker says, Oh, yeah, Illinoisans can pay more in taxes, no, you person, we are a PG rated show. By the way, if I could air the calls that I get about JB Pritzker, it would make Howard Stern blush. Let me just put it that way. The, 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 let's just say colorful commentary that I get from my, amazing friends and business owners and fellow patriots in Illinois. It, it'd light up a switchboard. Let me put it that way. It would, uh, it would not be something that your mother would be proud to hear. That's how much people hate him. I mean, it is beyond the vitriol reaction to this guy is really incredible. Now he wants to continue to keep Illinois shut down and Bill Brady's helping him do it. He's a loser who lost the race for governor. And That's all I have to say about that. And so, look, Illinois is just a specific example, and I appreciate the question on Illinois. I think most importantly, we can take away that these left-wing states that want to use your livelihood as some sort of Marxist experiment, some sort of bizarre, philosophically obscure ivory tower petri dish, should be rejected and rebelled against. And that goes for you, Lori Lightfoot. So what if your hair grows out a little bit? It wouldn't be the biggest crisis in Illinois if Lori Lightfoot didn't get a haircut. For those that I don't know, there was a huge story in Illinois because Lori Lightfoot went and got a haircut when it was deemed non-essential, and she said, well, I'm in the public eye, therefore I must get a haircut. For those of you that have been commenting on my Instagram feed and my Instagram stories, Charlie, you need a haircut. I'm a man of the people. I'm not getting a haircut till America fully reopens. I'm taking one for the team. I'm going full William Wallace Braveheart for everybody, okay? No haircut till America fully reopens. That'll teach you, Lori Lightfoot. When I come back to Chicago, i got my hair on my ankles. Are you going to be proud of that? I'm going to go full Bo Bice. If you understand the reference, God bless you. In closing, Illinois is a total and complete disaster. And it's a tragic story. It's a story that was completely avoidable. It was a story around the decline of a great gift to humanity, which used to be the functioning moral state of Illinois. a state that voted in Ronald Reagan, a state that raised Ronald Reagan, a state that raised Abraham Lincoln, after he was born in Kentucky, but was throughout his boyhood, was through Illinois. And now Illinois is the most corrupt, the most self-defeating state in the entire country. And I'm ashamed of it. I'm still proud to be from Illinois because of the fabric and the people. I am ashamed at the political and governmental decisions that the once great state of Illinois continues to make. So speaking of people that need to get into shape, I won't say any names except the governor of Illinois, because you can just go look it up yourself. The guy is a complete and total disaster to all things good in the world. But getting in shape doesn't have to be about losing a specific amount of weight or a magic trick on the scale. It's about building healthier habits and feeling better about yourself. If fitting into that favorite pair of jeans is your goal, great. But there are many reasons you might want to practice self-care and every person is different. Now, look, we know everyone is different. And by the way, I wouldn't always go after J.B. Pritzker's, let's just say, physicals Whatever. I wouldn't always go after JB Pritzker in that way, but as soon as you go after Donald Trump that way, we will punch back twice as hard. So we know everyone is different, and that's why Noom adjusts to your lifestyle. They teach you the psychology behind the decisions you make and then help you keep on track of everything from workouts and steps to analyzing your diet and recommending healthy recipes. Noom also connects you with a personally assigned goal and specialist and a community of other Noomers, so you have all the support you need to empower your change. They have physical, psychological, and social examples. You can integrate Noom into your life and trust yourself to make good choices. It's flexible. You have food logging and lessons, specific lessons you learn about psychology or your habits, the ease of just 10 minutes a day. Noom is the habit-changing solution that helps users learn to develop a new relationship with food through personal courses. It's based in psychology. Noom teaches you why you do the things you do and empowers you with the tools you need to break bad habits and replace them with better ones. No food is good or bad or off-limits. Noom teaches you moderation and can be used in conjunction with many pre-existing popular diets if you want. Noom has one of the biggest and most accurate food databases available that lets you track meal habits, visualize portion sizes, and calorie density at a glance, chat with a goal specialist and Noom community members to get and give to help people going through the same thing. So right now, go to Noom.com slash Charlie. That's Noom.com slash Charlie, N-O-O-M dot slash Charlie. Get in shape today. Make a decision about it. Noom.com slash Charlie. Robert from Iowa says, hey, Charlie, I've been watching Tiger King. I listened to your previous episode of your commentary on it. Do you think you'll get Joe Exotic on the podcast? And does he deserve a pardon? Well, thank you for listening. And, yes, I did do an entire Tiger King breakdown. I actually had one of the most fun opportunities that I've had in radio and podcasting recently, co-hosting with Jennifer Horn, a local station on the Salem Radio Network. Uh, I think it's 870 or 890 in uh, local Los Angeles, 870. And uh, really great station, great people. I want to just play tape from it. I don't usually do this. But it, I've gotten more emails and more texts from people about how funny this exchange was about Joe Exotic and Tiger King. Play tape. So, yeah, I mean, the question is who didn't watch Tiger King at this point? I mean, Netflix said 84 million people, which means that multiple more of that watched it because I know I watched it with others. Yeah, uh, so, absolutely. So there's well over 100 million people watch Tiger King. And so I think what made Tiger King so popular, of course, the pandemic played to it because everyone right. was sitting around. But you're watching this thing and you say this is stranger than fiction, but it's real. Mm-hmm. and it, it says, it's straight out of central casting. I mean, you got the polygamous zoologist from North Carolina who's the most normal person in the entire show.
1: Yeah, what was his name, Doc? Doc Ann? Yeah, Doc,
0: <laughs> he, again, you're, he's the guy. He's like, <laughs> with the he, ponytail. He's basically Hugh Hefner with elephants. And, yeah. and then you mm-hmm. have Joe Exotic who's, again, after about the fourth episode, you say, oh, this can't get any weirder, and then one of his husbands commits suicide on camera. In and, an
1: office with
0: his and again, like campaign Again, spoiler alert: manager. if you're still watching it, that doesn't end well. And you're like, no. oh wow, he has two husbands, um, right? that's i also one.
1: learned walmart has cast off meat that you can buy to not only feed your tigers but also create toppings for pizza at restaurants <laughs> that you open in your private zoo yeah
0: and then you're like <laughs> oh, okay this yeah, this is definitely going to land the plane of normality and you're like oh he burns down uh the production facility because he doesn't like some of the footage definitely not...
1: alligators at the same time yeah
0: and then this new guy comes in who ends up Bragging about how he's cheating on his pregnant wife with Ugh. the nanny, uh, and then then you're like, okay, got it. And then all of a sudden, you get introduced to Carol Baskin. You're like, right. okay, <laughs> whole new level of insanity. And then you then all of a sudden it becomes this CSI cold case almost. Yeah. You're, you're, okay, she definitely murdered her husband. Oh, and absolutely. And she seems so content with it.
1: She's fine with it. She fed him. She obviously doused the poor guy in sardine oil, ran him through a grinder, and fed him to some tigers. That's obviously what happened. I think everybody Allegedly, knows it. Allegedly. I don't it.
0: want to be part of any sort of defama- defamation okay, suit fine. for her very, right. you know. Charlie Kirk
1: did not say that, yeah, Carol. Yeah,
0: her husband is trying to right the wrongs there. But then also, what uh, also is very fascinating about the entire Carol Baskin thing. Baskin is every two minutes, I'm like, she's definitely Hillary Clinton. <laughs> That's who can play her. So, look, I don't necessarily support a pardon for Joe Exotic. I would love to have him on the show. We're actually trying to get Joe Exotic on the show. If you think Joe Exotic should come on our show, email me freedom at charliekirk.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts on whether or not you think Tiger King Joe Exotic should come on the show. I'll have some tough questions, such as uh, Did Carol Baskin murder her husband? And uh, some other pressing questions. Breaking news, I think, that we'll make on The Charlie Kirk Show. So we are actively trying to get Joe Exotic on the podcast, and I want him to make his case for a pardon to the public, to the president, uh, and to our audience here on The Charlie Kirk Show, and exclusively on The Charlie Kirk Show. Drew from Los Angeles says, Hey, Charlie, I loved your sports analysis last week. Thank you. I'm thinking of starting a sub-podcast just about sports. If Turning Point USA or The Charlie Kirk Show ever gets into sports, I will be right there in the middle of it. He says, although I disagree, he's on Team LeBron, so he's anti-facts. But he probably might be a conservative still. But I don't know how you could be on Team LeBron and be pro-facts. Anyway, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on other sport. Goats, greatest of all times, NFL, best college football player, baseball, golf, and etc. Thanks and go Lakers. What a miserable experience that must be. And so I, I must say, though, in the previous episode of the Charlie Kirk show, I did say um, – I asked for I, I put up the best players of all time and then Mr. Producer messaged me. He's like, Charlie, you're ripping on the Lakers Lakers the whole time. Four to five the best players you said of all time were all Lakers. I was like, you know, that's actually a pretty good point. That doesn't mean that the Lakers are good or should be admired or anything we should seek to try to Compliments. So, okay, best NFL player of all time. Look, I could give you my 22 top positions. I can go position by position. We'd be here for quite some time, so I wouldn't do that. How about best offensive and defensive? Let's do that. Okay. So, the best NFL player of all time is Tom Brady. It's not even close. Okay. Now, that it's very position specific because there, 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 there have been running backs that have been so unbelievable. So, yeah. Look, Mr. Producer, saying Joe Montana. It's total and complete nonsense. Joe Montana is the second best quarterback of all time. It's a perfect place for him to be. It's right where he belongs. Tom Brady's the best quarterback ever to play the game. Period, bar none. It's just that simple. People say, oh, Tom Brady's a system quarterback. Look, the pressure, the intensity that Joe that Tom Brady has been on, it's not even close. Joe Montana was a smooth quarterback, smooth Joe. He had Jerry Rice, okay? Imagine having J- Jerry Rice. Okay. Yeah, Mr. Producer says, see you almost said Joe Montana. No, I said almost said Joe Exotic, okay? Let's just be let's just set let's just set this straight. Best defensive player of all time. Look, I'm a uh I'm a very big fan of the 1985 Chicago Bears. The 85 Bears were probably the best defense ever assembled. They, they, had, they had players that no one else would ever have. Michael Singletary probably wouldn't be the best of all time. Mike Ditka was an offensive player, Mr. Producers putting on Mike Ditka, offensive player. In fact, I think our other member of the team, which I won't out for anonymity purposes unless he wants me to, he could, he could go as Mike Ditka probably for, uh, for Halloween one year. If that's a thing that we still celebrate, if we have to be socially distanced. So the best baseball player of all time. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a lot of hate for this. I think Pete Rose is up there. I think Pete Rose should never have been suspended from the league. I think Pete Rose has been treated like garbage by a corrupt institution, which is Major League Baseball. He did bet on it, but he only bet on himself to win. So if you can't bet on yourself to win, what are you actually doing? And don't you bet on yourself to win when you just play? I'm not saying it's good. I'm not trying to minimize him breaking federal law but I'm saying that it's not as bad as people say. Now, if he was betting himself to lose, that's inexcusable. It's morally reprehensible, and he should be banished from the game forever. Uh, Joe DiMaggio is up there for sure. Lou Gehrig, one of the smoothest hitters ever. Ted Williams, one of the best players ever to play the game. I, I, I'm really cynical on modern day baseball. I actually think we're getting back to smoother, more uh, better to watch baseball. Uh, which because look, I, I, I grew up in the era of the home run. Giants of Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa. And then, as it turns out, they were nothing more than bionic individuals that were pumping themselves with human growth hormones and steroids. Barry Bonds, yeah, he would have been great in any era. You ever watch pre roid Barry Bonds? All these guys took steroids, except Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols still plays, and he did not take steroids, and there's been a lot of investigation. I like Ken Griffey Jr. a lot. That Seattle Mariners farm team was actually really good in its original incubation stage. You had Alex Rodriguez. You had Ken Griffey Jr. There's one other amazing player. I think the, um, the big unit actually was once a Seattle Mariner, if I'm not mistaken. And, yes, Ken Griffey Jr. did not take steroids. And who's the best golfer? Tiger Woods. Best golfer ever. By far, I love Tiger Woods. Phenomenal. Now, actually, I have to say, some of my sports history is a little bit rusty because I haven't been watching sports as much, so it hasn't. I don't have the same recollection, but my opinions on the greatest of these sports remains today as it always does. And I just cannot wait for sports to get back. And Mr. Producer says Jack Nicklaus is the best golfer of all time. Nope, Tiger Woods. But with currently no NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball going on, you might think there's nothing about, on. But you'd be totally wrong. Look, I miss the greats. I miss Mike Ditka. I miss Ronnie Lott. I miss being able to watch Lou Gehrig, Babe Ruth, Ted Williams, Ken Griffey Jr. I miss being able to watch the Los Angeles Dodgers blow it. As they will do, again, Mr. Producer is a big Dodger fan, so I have to do my justice and do the work of all righteous sports fans and mock Dodger fans. Go, Cubs, go. 2016, we eliminated you, and you have not won a championship since. But guess what? Our exclusive partner Bet BetOnline still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on from the online casino to poker and blackjack as they are bringing Vegas to you. Do you miss the NFL? There's no problem. BetOnline has daily live Madden NFL 20 simulations. You can wager on and NASCAR's back. If you're into entertainment betting, you can still bet on Big Brother, stock prices, and even Nathan's hot dog eating contests all open 24 hours a day and all online. Visit the website and use your mobile device to join today to receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner at, be- at Podcast One. Bet online to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code Podcast One for your sign up bonus. B- visit betonline.ag. Don't forget that promo code Podcast One for your sign up bonus. Go, Cubs, go. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Thanks for the question, Drew from Los Angeles. I can't wait for sports to be back. The Oregon Ducks will hopefully be playing this fall. Nick from Minnesota says, do you have a favorite movie, and what about a favorite Christmas movie? That's a bizarre question to be asking in May. My favorite Christmas movie is Die Hard, and uh, that's my favorite Christmas movie. My favorite movie of all time. I love Lord of the Rings. I love Godfather. I love trilogies. Uh, I, I, it's Lord of the Rings right? It's so hard to beat Lord of the Rings. I love anything by Quentin Tarantino. I love Pulp Fiction. I'm a huge fan of Inglorious Bastards, and I think the Pulp Fiction is one of the greatest works of cinema ever created. I like the Coen brothers before they got all woke. I like some of the original stuff of Coen Brothers, and I think they're phenomenal. And so I'm a huge, huge follower of cinema. And so please email me your favorite movies, freedomatcharliekirk.com, freedomatcharliekirk.com. Huge fan of Breaking Bad, especially loved Game of Thrones. I love a good story put together with exceptional acting and, of course, the best editing and special effects you can possibly imagine. Here's the next question from Catherine. Charlie, I've asked this question hundreds of times to leftists and haven't gotten a coherent answer. Maybe you could help. What's the difference between shopping socially distanced in a grocery store or Walmart and shopping in any other type of store that's being forced to close, like Gump's in San Francisco or Macy's, etc.? These institutions are being forced out to businesses due to insane lockdowns. There is no difference. This is a crony capitalist big government handout to big business. There's no difference. And they should be opening all businesses right now. And the lockdown, they don't work. The science doesn't support it. Open America now. You can go back in the archives of the Charlie Kirk show where we talk about opening America now. The lockdowns do not work. We need to open our country, do it the right way, which is protecting nursing homes where a lot of the deaths are in nursing homes. And despite this, Governor Cuomo and Governor Newsom continually put people in nursing homes and put them in harm's way. And so my producer is telling me that we didn't finish the Best NFL players. And guess what? Send me your favorite NFL player and only the people that agree with me. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'll send you a book. Every single one. I got a pile of 500 books that I can sign and personalize to you. And if you happen to guess my favorite NFL player of all time, I will send you a signed book of the MAGA Doctrine, New York Times bestseller. Freedom at CharlieKirk.com. Freedom at CharlieKirk.com. Final question here, Steve from Cincinnati. Hey, Charlie, I've really been trying to pass the time and I've been struggling with all of the lockdowns. What do you suggest? Look, Steve, now is a good time to admit whether you're in control of your life or you're not. Whether you're in a eight by eight room or you have total and complete freedom granted to you, of which it shouldn't have to be granted to you because you have that right naturally upon your existence. But let's say you're able to live the life as you see fit. You have to make the decision whether or not you're in control of yourself. These people that are saying, oh, I just can't stop eating and drinking. What, what are you? What are you, a slave to the substance? You just make that. And if you are, just say it out loud. Say your worst addiction. Vocalize it. There's power in the vocalization of what might you might be wrestling with. And if you are, I mean, I hope you seek help. And I hope that you're able to find that. But I bet a lot of people that are kind of in that pattern right now aren't that way. So now is the time to recognize it, vocalize it, and say, no, I, I'm not happy with how I've been doing things. So maybe you should go an entire month. Go the rest of the year without taking a drink. If you can't do that. Well, I mean, okay, that's, that's fine. I mean, I'm, yeah, you, that's up to you to categorize yourself. Or maybe you're going to go for a five-mile run every day. Maybe you're going to bike. Maybe you're going to read a new book that you haven't read. Maybe you're going to research some of the things I've talked about on the show, some of the great thinkers that you never heard before, like Descartes and Marcus Aurelius and Plato and Socrates and Aristotle and Hume and burke and smith and the thinkers that built western society like augustine and aquinas and if you don't know these people maybe it's a good time to go search them and know the differences between them and know what drives them go watch lectures on them and the only thing stopping you from becoming a better person is yourself if you have nothing but time on yourself what a gift from god that is you'll never gonna have this opportunity again And for these people that are saying oh i'm sleeping into one every single day and i'm doing nothing but sitting around i've gained 20 pounds that's fine if you consider that to be a productive use of time that's freedom that's liberty i'm not going to tell you But all of a sudden, if you find yourself in a a cycle of unhappiness, there are three things you can do immediately to make yourself more fulfilled. Learn something every day, institute physical exercise, and restrain yourself from doing something. Those are three things that will give you fulfillment. If you do that every single day and you decide to work harder today than you did yesterday, you will live a more fulfilled, better life. Indulgence does not bring you happiness. If you choose to sin, you choose to suffer. You should have that choice, though. That's what liberty is, and maybe you have great restraints on it. Maybe you're able to do what I say you're not able to do, but I— Know well enough, and I've been able to observe enough human behavior that if you don't make a commitment to excellence, you're never going to get there. Stop complaining, start being envious, stop being like, oh, yeah, I'm so jealous the other person has this. Well, you can have it too. Just commit to it. Find your talent, find your skill, master it, infuse it with something you're passionate about. You are what you focus on. If you focus on something, obsess on it, you can achieve it. The only person getting in the way of that success is yourself. So I I don't want to hear any more complaints like, oh, I can't do it because I can't do this. And maybe right now is the greatest opportunity that God has given you to achieve the highest level of excellence and success in your lifetime. Use it as such. Use it as an empty canvas to create, to dream, and to flourish. And this country will give you the opportunity to be able to do that. And when we reopen, we are going to see the winners from the losers. Our generation right now, there will be more people that we made or broken during this moment post-COVID-19 China virus shutdown. Yes, China lied about the virus and millions of lives could have been saved. Yes, we have 36 million people out of work. Yes, we're in the worst economy in American history. None of that is an excuse not to apply yourself and become a master of your own life. Either you're in charge of your decisions or you're not. Make that conscious admission today and you'll be more fulfilled, happier, and more productive because of it. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Please email us at freedom at charliekirk.com, freedom at charliekirk.com. If you want to get involved with Turning Point USA, go to tpusa.com, chip in some money, join a chapter, start a chapter. Please, everyone right now, go to tpusa.com, get engaged, get involved. We're on 2,000 high school and college campuses across the country. We are playing offense with a sense of urgency to win America's culture war. With your help, Turning Point USA will grow to more campuses, reach more young people around the ideas of Western civilization, American history, the American dream, individual liberty, freedom, the Constitution, and the greatest experiment in the history of the world. Let's keep that going. We need strong borders. We need these ideas implemented and defended. And finally, type in Charlie Kirk Show to your podcast provider, hit that subscribe button, and leave us those five star reviews. I'm giving away three more copies of the MAGA Doctrine. All you have to do is email me your favorite candy. How about that? So you got both options. You can either be the first three to email your favorite candy or the one that might happen to hit their favorite NFL player, freedomatcharliekirk.com. I got a stack of 500 books right here. Signed, ready. I'll just put your name on it. I New mean, York Times bestseller. All you got to do is send that email. It could be your lucky day. God bless you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you soon.
2: We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a
0: long way.